everyone. Welcome to this week's Invisible Not Broken. All right, so I'm just going to give a quick round of apologies here. And I know I do this a lot, but this time is pretty pretty intense. And if you've listened for a while, you know that I get a little manic when I'm in huge amounts of pain. And I uh, did a little too much on Saturday. I had this interview on Monday. I still hadn't even gotten up out of bed. And um, I was listening back to it. I sound pretty manic. Um, it was. It's been a lot of pain. It's been a really, really bad week. All right, I'm going to stop with the apologies because this is an amazing interview. And I really tracked Desiree down because Kiris and I had done a um, panel about invisible illness and people who fake it and... Um, use service dogs incorrectly. And there was Desiree with the cutest service dog I've ever seen. And she was talking about her experiences with her absolutely legitimate service dog. And um, she was talking about her experiences about life in a wheelchair with a service dog. And she is so fantastic. I've been following her on social media for a while. I totally think you should too. I'll put a link to her Instagram account because seriously, serious, her dog is completely worth the follow. I love, love her dogs. Okay. So I really want to talk to her about what this is like to be in a wheelchair, to live life with a service dog. Um, she's amazing and fantastic. And I'm sure Kiris is going to be laughing when he hears this interview, knowing just how hard it is to keep me on track, but this is a really fun interview. Please be patient with me. Okay. So we go over side effects of cute helper dogs. You do not need to wear makeup ever again. Um, the difference between a genuinely curious question and driving a chronically ill person crazy. This is a good one to listen to or to send out to anyone, especially as you know, the summer's coming up and we're all going to be like maybe seeing family, maybe seeing friends you haven't seen in a while. This is a good one to send out just so that people know the difference and, and how to ask questions. All right. So here's my public service announcement and I'll give it to you right now, even before you listen if a person cannot change it in their physical appearance in five minutes, do not comment. Um, we talked a lot about her um, difficulty with eating and how um, she lost tremendous amounts of weight and how difficult that is when everyone's making comments in a positive direction when you feel like you're dying and they're saying, you've never looked better. It's, it's a problem. Um, so that's my public service announcement for you. We go over CRPS and C. diff. Um, we also made up the worst version of Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Toes song. Uh, we go over spinal cords with um, stimulators. It's a surgery she might be having soon. And uh, we talked a little bit about the procedure I had done to suppress my sciatic nerve. Not a story I've ever really shared before. So <laughs> you all get to be the first ones. Um, we talk about the difference between my dog, whose idea of service is to lay across me to keep me from getting up, and her dog, who actually will help. Um, some tips on training dogs. Uh, temperance training was something we're temperament training was something we were talking about. Um, she also discusses how she would have liked to have chosen her dog and some of the procedures she would have gone through. She ended up getting really lucky and getting a perfect temperament dog for what she's dealing with. Um, we talk about rumination syndrome and. One of my favorite parts about this is we discussed the Hunger Game rules of new medications. May the odds ever be in your favor. This is a two-parter. We had so much to go over. Um, please listen this week and next week. Thank you for being patient with me while I'm in my manic state of chronic pain. I, I know most of you probably understand. 
And I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed it. And please share it with a friend, um, share it with another Spoonie, share it with someone that you would like to understand chronic illness better. And just in the whole talking about helper dogs, her dog helps. My pug is just walked into this room while I'm recording to snort and sniffle. So helper dog pug. Yay. All right. Thanks so much. Have a great week and um, listen to this week and next. Perfect. Okay. So you have um, the Eller-Stanlos, which... Mm -hmm. Uh, so many of us lovely zebras. <laughs> right. Zebra, zebra. Stripe, to stripe. And we just totally blew past your name. And I think you have, like, stuff to plug, too, right? Your your blog and your Instagram. So I want to make yeah. sure your name is out there because I've been following you on Instagram. And you make me just so happy. Desiree Jenkins. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you guys are following me and all the love is there. Seriously. <laughs> all the support's always needed. I swear support and you have the world's cutest dog like oh oh I, any dog with They're, an afro is my friend like this dog has serious hair game he does have hair game on point he gets complimented a lot I'm like honestly I feel like I don't have to wear makeup at this point in my life I just have to get my dog looking really really pretty and everyone's <laughs> like wow what a beautiful creature you have with you I'm like I know it covers all of the ugly huh okay if I don't post this on YouTube because I literally rolled out of bed um she is darling don't listen to her at all um <laughs> is I found you on Instagram right after um Kiris and I had done the whole thing on uh, her panel. I'm doing so great, by the way. This is after one right. cup of coffee, and I'm like, all the painkillers are still in my system. <laughs> so Kiris and I had done a whole podcast about people um, who fake aspects of invisible or chronic illness and the effects it has on people who are really sick. And we talked about service dogs. And then all of a sudden right. you showed up on my Instagram with the world's cutest service dog. And I was like, okay, first off following you because I love your feed. Secondly, um, I really want to talk to someone who has a service dog to kind of talk about what it's actually like to have a service dog and to get right. Some, and then the one post that just went viral from the person is like, this is what you do if a service dog comes up without a person. I'm like, I right. think we really need to do an episode talking to someone with the cutest service dog ever and um, get some real, real uh, tips behind that and what it actually means to have For a service sure. dog. Some of the, um, the ways that you had to go through to get a real service dog, because it's not just going on the internet and getting a vest that says service no. dog. So lots of people <laughs> believe that though. And I have literally been told, Oh, I fake a seizure disorder just so I can bring my dog in with me and put a vest on it. And I wear a fake medical alert ID bracelet so I can all look real. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right oh, no. now? You can say fucking. It's fine. We swear all the time <laughs> oh, on this podcast. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, I would I'm never a, survive if I couldn't I'm swear. <laughs> I'm a bad sailor. Who knows? Oh, 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 my, oh, wait, I didn't see the braid on his chin. Oh, my God, this dog is a pirate. <laughs> and not a Johnny Depp pirate. That's nice. He's good to girls. This is good. <laughs> right, right. It doesn't bother him when he's eating or drinking. He loves it, oh, I think. Oh, he's styling. Oh, my God, I'm in love with this dog. <laughs> and let's give his name, too, because right. he deserves some serious love. What's Right, serious? What's, what's his name? His name is Sirius Black, and he's named after a Harry Potter character because he's an all-black standard poodle. So he's fluffy and kind of, he's not really that big. He's not as cool or, like, demeaning-looking. I have a Doberman Pinscher, which he looks very demeaning. And having a poodle is not demeaning at all. Only if 
if they have a badass little beard tied down in like pirate look. I mean, you did but a good then job. People are like, oh my god, I need to touch it now. Yeah, <laughs> they re- they reach out and they have to grab it, and he's just like, please don't touch that. <laughs> okay, we're gonna get to that in a second. So let's just go over what you are dealing with because you also use a mm-hmm. wheelchair most of the time. So yeah, Alex so yes, literally like is a side piece, but it's not the ruiner to my life and the ridder of my leg issue. Um, so I got a Phenergan injection, which Phenergan promethazine, uh, is an anti-nausea medication that basically is given to you through your, you know, intramuscular type things. So like fatty type tissues and things of that nature. Well, at the time I lost about 25 pounds cause I had C. diff undiagnosed and untreated. And when she okay, just one something. quick second, because this is <laughs> yeah. like one of my biggest pet peeves is people commenting on other people's bodies. And I, like, I go with the, the rule that if they can't change it in five minutes, there's no reason to make a comment about it. And right. when you're dealing with something like stomach disorders and you're losing 20 pounds, were you also one of those people who had like nonstop, oh, yeah. you're so lucky. Oh, you should be eating. You have an eating disorder. I have literally been told, oh my God, how did you like get so thin? You look so fit and thin. And this is like after 40 pounds I had lost and I'm like at 89 pounds, really like skinny. I look, I look really awful. I what? I didn't look pretty or anything. My cheekbones are super sunk in. Like I, I felt like I was dying literally. I mean, just and, like uh, for everyone, Auschwitz was a horrible thing to happen in the world. It is not a fashion look. No, it's not. And And I don't know why this lady said that to me because, you know, I'm just like thinking to myself, I have my service dog with me and I'm like, really? You you asked me, wow, I wish I could have a thin tummy as you. And I'm like, great. Just get a horrible chronic condition that makes you vomit all the time when you're set. Right. I'm like, you know what? Get an infection, have it ruin everything. And then you're set back 10 years. I swear to God. It's like I just got back into the womb and. My stomach is re, uh, you know, coming through. <laughs> it's amazing how skinny you are when you're dead. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Like when I was in Texas, I was straight up 89 pounds. My blood sugar was like at 42 when they had admitted me. I was like in like ketoacidosis, starvation mode, even though I had just had a smoothie before even going to the ER. Like it was a whole bad shenanigan thing. So the whole, oh, you're so pretty and thin. That's so great. Wow. You look really good. Comments really do bother me. Uh, I sorry. That was my little public service announcement. I didn't mean to get us totally <laughs> off track, but it's just one of those things. No, that, it's like, totally ah! right on track with it. It happens, honestly. Like, if I'm standing up and I'm using my crutches, for instance, you know, if I'm using my forearm crutches and people can see my whole entire body, oh, my gosh. They literally are like, wow, you're so fit and thin. You look so good. People from high school, friends that I used to, like, hang out with all the time saying that stuff. And I'm just like, you're absolutely so ignorant. Like, how can you say that? You know that I've been dealing with a bunch of crap, you know? I don't know. Or the wheelchair will draw fake people. For some reason, they'll like come and be like, oh, my gosh, what happened? I am so sorry that this happened to you. Oh, my gosh. Even though like literally they like treated me like crap like a year or two before. Like things are weird (laughs) with these conditions. Like people's reactions are what get me. That's why I'm such an open book, because every person is so curious at like why I have a dog, why I'm pretty and I have a dog. 
why I can do my makeup and I'm in a wheelchair, why I can move one of my legs, but one of my legs I can't. Like, people always ask questions, and it's okay. Like, I'm always okay with people asking questions because it's weird. I'm like, it's not a normal thing. When I was younger, I would always be like, whoa, why does that person have that? Even having a mom who was severely disabled, like she had over 15 strokes due to a blood cancer called um, polycythemia rivera. And it's one of those things where, where she was disabled. And I really, really kind of now that I'm sick, get the whole basis of like what she was dealing with. And I'm just like, I now strive to better myself and make my life a little bit easier. You know, so having a- the dogs and stuff, boom right along with it there's a difference though between people who are genuinely curious about something and someone just trying to get information that backs up their previous um prejudice yeah yeah i i get a lot of so sometimes i get questions where it's like oh why do you why like with that type of face or with just like squinted eyes and brows furrowed like you can this. always tell which one's just trying to back it up like <laughs> right and I'm just like I always respond as nice as I can even if they're rude like I'm not going to give you some sarcastic attitude rude bullshit conversation because you asked me something even if you're kind of rude it's one of those things where I'm just like I'm not going to return the favor with rudeness I'm just going to educate you so you can be like oh I didn't realize, you know, that's what happens. I get a lot of the, oh, I didn't realize type comments and stuff. So I'm just like, eh, it's okay. Yeah, now you know. It's okay. Now you know, right. Educated. So let's go into why one of your legs moves and one doesn't. Right. So that Fenergan injection, for some reason, my central nervous system incorrectly decided to heal this part of my body because I was so sick with C. diff. And my body was under so much stress and attack. Oh, sorry. Let's go back for a minute. C. diff. Oh, it's time. Yeah. Let's go to that one first. (laughs) Then we'll go right into reflux. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, that uh, C. diff is like the cause and reason why I have this. Because I got that, you know, anti-nausea shot when I was profusely vomiting for over 12 hours. It it was really bad. I had to go to my doctor, her um, physician's assistant, then injected my butt cheek. And I now have a permanent bruise on my ass. So I got shot in the ass, kind of. Okay. I say go with it. You have a pirate dog. Just go with you were shot in the ass. Right. I'm like, listen, I have a peg leg. Okay. I, I think you are just stepping up to piracy. One step closer. <laughs> you know those Pirates of the Caribbean movies? They keep, like, releasing them. I'm like, yo, your ideas just keep filling me up and more and more. It's time for a truly disabled pirate. I think inclusion matters. Right. I know. I'm like, come on, let's go. I'm going to go on a pirate ship in my chair with my dog and be awesome. I don't need no parrot talking for me. I'm like, I got my dog to go get me drinks out of the Oh, no, no. We need to make this happen. We're all in California. Kiros has a parrot. We can make this happen. I think we need a photo shoot on a pirate I would love this. We need it. All right. So Kiros, write notes. Right? I'm like... He's the one of the two of us who can actually do grown-up things and remember stuff, so. Adulting? What's that? No, no. (laughs) Okay, so. Adulting. (laughs) No, but we get pirating. We get piracy. I get pirating. Adulting, no. Piracy, yes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most fun I've had on interviews. Well, I'm glad. I try and be as happy and fun as I can. Oh, I appreciate it. The massively drugged side is working well. (laughs) Right. 
Uh, you got to okay. take everything with a grain of salt and be smart and happy and not get down and negative about it. <laughs> or let's be honest, when you do get down and negative about it and you are feeling awful, stamp your feet if you can or not, or do it metaphorically and have or a small temper tantrum. Or just clap your hands and put them up in the air and just say, okay. <laughs> the world's worst head, shoulders, knees, and toes game. Right. Mm. Head, shoulders, I give up. I give up. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Songwriting. <laughs> Okay, so you have this thing that makes you vomit for 12 hours. You get a shot that mm-hmm. I had the reflex, and I had it through a um, a botched uh, knee surgery. And they had to do a blood my patch goodness. into my spine. They had to suppress the sciatic nerve and then go in and do a blood patch. Oh, my goodness gracious. So, like, they're, they're talking about doing a spinal cord stimulator on me and stuff for my leg. And it's one of those things where, you know, I'm – I'm scared because that's a really big thing, but I've Huge. Seen, like for you, you're talking about like, Oh, I had to get like my spine touched and stuff. I'm like, how did you do? Were you freaking out? Were you awake? <laughs> um, okay. I'll give you the story that I've never actually given anyone before. Oh, um, I'm ready. But it, it isn't your surgery. So I, I will never tell anyone a horror story unless they've experienced it or they're not right. going to like, I won't tell anyone my, my children's birth stories unless they've had children. I'm right. not that person. I'm not that bitch. I am not that mean. I won't do it. <laughs> I'll do this no, for I you. Get it. <laughs> um, I was 16 I get it. and I couldn't stand or walk and no one knew why. And oh, nice. you know, the pain of the, I, when I had it, um, it wasn't CRPS. It was called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And then that's it what they names. diagnosed me with it, Like my doctor said, um, I think we're going to be looking at a really tricky condition called RSD. Uh, It's called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And then I'm like, okay. And then I go to my primary and he's like, oh, chronic. Regional pain pain syndrome. Right. Chronic (laughs) regional pain syndrome. I'm like, doctor, no. Doctor, no. Don't say this. Okay, see, that's not fair because you are the total zebra package. Like, they always say, like, zebra because... If you hear hoofbeats, you think horse, but we're EDS, so we're the zebras because we're always the zebras. I'm a flaming zebra. I'm <sighs> Ponita. Yeah, good, I... good job doing that during Pride Month, too, the flaming zebra. I am digging that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. He, he likes it, too. I think he likes the rainbows. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I obviously, he, he comes too. up with this. Slobber. All the slobber and love. <laughs> He's just wanting attention because I'm talking to somebody and he can't see them. I'm sorry. I'm He's so like, I want serious. attention from them. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay, now I have to post this on YouTube because the expressions that Sirius is giving is just killing me. <laughs> I think the oh, first time I talked to you, I because you had your the picture of Sirius and you're talking about how Sirius would go and get your, your wheelchair and bring it back to you. And I was mm-hmm. like... I have a dog, and I can't even get him to stop jumping on my broken legs and laying across my body when I pass out. How do you get your dog to be helpful? <laughs> so heavy. Um, so first of all, you got to have a dog that's, like, serious. Yeah. Who is, honestly, I can't even, like, describe that other than with, like, Duke. He's he's a loving, lovable boy who's very serious about <gasps> life. And he's very much, like... I'm his everything. You take me out of the picture. His world is destroyed. The apocalypse has begun. He needs to prepare himself, and he is crying and wailing like a whale. People literally have been like, 
Um, do you guys like watch Planet Earth and have your volume turned up loud? <laughs> because he just love dogs. <laughs> he wails. Wails. Oh, baby. It's okay. He, he gets lots of love. But how, if you asked about the whole yes. how to get a dog to be helpful thing, um, you really have to have a dog that has the right temperament. That's the first step. You know, yeah. everyone thinks that you can just go pick up a dog, any dog, and train it to do whatever you want. And that's not the case at all. This starts from puppies. <laughs> it, it, well, hey, I got serious at five months old. He kind of was an accident, honestly. Oh, okay. My, so you didn't go through all the proper, like, not sorry, not proper channels, but all the, the normal, like, get a service dog no. channels. My fiance is like, hey. Happy Valentine's Day. Here's, Here's a, a puppy. puppy. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, I literally told you I wanted to pick the temperamented one out. Thank you, though. So I really just kind of dealt with the cards that I had. And honestly, for a quick second there, I didn't think that that dog was going to be smart. I thought that he was <laughs> going to be, you know, a bad dog. He was going to, like, just be crazy, not wanting to do anything, didn't want to work, wasn't going to retrieve anything. And now, literally, like, it, it gives him the most pleasure to do things for me. Like, it's, I swear, he gets off on it. <laughs> he gets off on it. He, he gets a little too excited when he does things. Especially when he gets me, like, a drink out of the refrigerator. I'm at my dad's house right now, so he doesn't know how to get things out of their fridge because heaven forbid that he puts their nose on their fridge they will lose their mind. Lose oh, we can talk mind. about family issues too. Okay, I'm going to back up because we are going to yeah. definitely talk about Sirius and how to train service dogs. Mm-hmm. And I know that you didn't actually go through all of the. Yeah. Oh, those steps are big and hard to get through. Um, yeah. So There's lots of hurdles that you should do. What you should do is not what I did. <laughs> do not just get a puppy. Do not just get a, have your fiancé, boyfriend, friend get you a dog just because you said that you need to get a new dog. Actually have a sit-down conversation with them. Go temperament test. Go take a trainer who, like, actually knows good temperament and all of that stuff and have them help you. Like, that's the right, right way to do it and how I had, like, envisioned me doing it. But that's not what happened. And even with training – that was a big doozy, to be 100% honest. Like, it was a big doozy. I, I paid, like, almost $800 for six sessions. And the sessions were, like, three hours each. So it was pretty long and really great. I, I got lots of information from this guy, but he had no idea, zero clue, how to get a dog to do any type of tasks. No, like, yeah. he doesn't know how to do, like, low blood sugar alerts or anything like that. He didn't even know how to do, like, retrieval, which I'm... If you're a dog trainer, I feel like retrieving should be, like, the easiest thing for you to get. I mean, even though some dogs won't do it at all, like him, (laughs) he's he's not a retrieving dog. He'll shut down. He will shut down like nobody's business. He just stares at the floor, and he's like, no, I can't. I can't. Serious, though, he'll keep doing it until he gets it right. Like, that's the key. Get a dog who won't give up and... The other key, I think, really, and maybe you can get any type of dog in to be a service dog. Maybe I'm just, like, talking out of my butt because, you know, I just think it, my experience. But with Sirius, like, he would freeze up on a leash. Like, I would go and try and walk him, and he would freeze, pump the brakes, not walk with me at five months old. 
he was very like he would take off with the balls and toys and run away. So I had to like really work with him and break that apart because I didn't get that easy peasy dog that, you know, you temperament test and you do those things for. Because that stuff is very, very important. If you don't temperament test, you won't know if the dog's able to handle certain things, you know? Like, luckily, when I got him at five months old, his mom, it just so happened to be a small world. My old boss, um, her dog was Sirius's mom. So I happen to know, like, his mom, and his temperament is almost identical to her. And she's the reason why I wanted a standard poodle. Um so I, I got lucky with that. Again, I got lucky. Really, lucky is all it is. Luck. This this case right here that you're listening to, it's luck. That's it. Nothing else. Do not follow this. Because <laughs> I've seen it gone go so bad for people. Um, but really, I took everything with I need to make sure I take steps back. If he's not understanding what I'm asking him, it's my fault. I need to do a better job at communicating to my dog what I am needing him to do. Because, serious, he wants to do it. He will do it. And he will do it right. Especially if you tell him that he's doing something right. Like, that's a big thing for him. He loves being told that he did something right. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> right? I know. I'm like, he is literally life's definition, I feel like. I'm like, live free, live happy live fast. <laughs> oh, oh, I like that third one. Okay. So we still have, we need to go back just a little bit to the crunch, yeah. the regional pain syndrome. So I know what that feels like. Would you like to explain what this feels like? Sure. So personally for me, in my case, uh, it's a one limb situation that I'm lucky to have. It's not both my legs. I, I luckily have one perfectly good leg that I can do whatever I want to. Like, oh, you are such an EDS show off. <laughs> right. No, I'm just like, hey, how are you? What's up? Oh, this is my foot. Sorry. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know. I. It's really strange that my body decided to react this way. And no doctor has been really able to give us a clear cut a, a answer to why my leg did this. Other than, unfortunately, this is just something that happened. You know, yeah. just like with my stomach thing. I don't know if you ever followed what happened with that, but I got diagnosed with rumination syndrome, which is a with, very rare what not syndrome? diagnosed rumination? thing. What, yeah, what's... rumination syndrome. So okay. many people um, think of it as um, they think it's gastroparesis. So I have delayed gastric emptying along with the rumination syndrome. So I got that whole comorbid wow. fun party. <laughs> happening all inside me all the time. Um, so when I had the C. diff thing happen and my whole, I mean, my, not immune system, but my gastrointestinal system just got ruined, that completely took out my stomach's working ability to work at its potential. So whenever I eat food, I'm sorry if this gets gross for people listening. Like, I, just warning. Are you kidding? Have you heard Kiros' interview where he talked about his dairy allergies <laughs> and Jackson Pollock? You're fine. <laughs> cool. So you'll get it then. Um, <laughs> it's really, it was really um, gross and nasty. Like, 
Oh, oh my gosh. I mean, seriously, like so. chronic illness, people need to get over the idea that we're all Beth from Little Women. It's not pretty or like romantic. There is gross, awful sides to having chronic illness, embarrassing sides. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot to chronic illnesses, not just us romantically wasting away in a bed. We're not Beth. Right. Or are Honestly. we as sweet or... Uh, I'll go sickeningly sweet. Right. We're not all staring at the wall like me. I go insane if I'm staring at the wall. Like, I, I literally, like, have a mental breakdown, like, that day. I'm like, oh, my God, my life is over. You know? But um, so grossness with the rumination syndrome. Every time I eat, basically, my stomach throws up food, and I regurgitate it, and I either throw up or it comes up and I just re-swallow. So you make like your cow. own food. Right. <laughs> Magic. You know? So I have to make sure that I chew at least 60 times every time I take a bite of food um, to make sure that my, because I used to be on a full liquid diet for about six months and I was eating like pureed baby food, homemade baby food and stuff like that because of the whole C. diff thing. And I, I wasn't absorbing anything. It was all going through one side and out the other (laughs) um no holding on to anything and just wasting away little by little so that really just set my stomach into a backward spiral of being slow and throwing up food whenever I eat so it's not my fault it's not my choice I don't have any control over it other than the medications that I take and I have to sometimes like you know when you get like uh that feeling of you need to burp right Well, I get that times like 20 where I actually have to ignore those signals being sent and not burp because what can happen is when I burp, per se, feel that burping, it's actually my stomach trying to throw up the food. And when that happens, it'll come up. So it's it's really gross and fun. And I got that diagnosed back in uh, December. And that they literally were saying that I just had gastroparesis, straight gastroparesis, nothing else. And I was going to get a J tube, feeding tube, all of that crap. I'm like, you can't even just put one down my nose just for a short time, please. They're like, no, TPN or J tube. That's it. It's all you get. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want these. Okay. Now just back up for a second and explain Mm -hmm. to everyone what a J tube is. A J-tube is a jejunum tube, which basically goes into your small intestines and passes your, your stomach. So because my stomach is an issue, they basically would bypass it because it doesn't work right. No, and it, this is like no joke. Like a J-tube is constant upkeep and the chances of sepsis or infection are high and right. are not consistent with it's, it's an open wound to your intestines and stuff. <laughs> it, you are opening yourself to bacteria. So when my doctor had basically found out, he's like, you have delayed gastric emptying. I'm not going to take that off the table. But I don't think it's gastroparesis. I think that you have something that's like gastroparesis mimicking some of the signs, which, you know, if you hear what I say, which is I eat and then I immediately have to throw up, it's like, oh, you have gastroparesis. No, it's rumination syndrome. It's, it's really fun and different. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is a possibility, like, I might have to get a feeding tube if ever, like, my stomach gets really bad and I lose lots of weight again and, you know, it's set back. But I'm at 105 maintaining my weight, happy and healthy, just, you know, not dealing with a lot of my gastrointestinal stuff that I used to. The vomiting stuff is so much less because of the medications that I'm on, you know, like once they found the treatment, like with the medications and stuff, 
everything kind of fell into place, you know. And with EDS, I'm sure you know there there comes like deformities sometimes to your body. So I have pectus excavatum in my on my chest, which is real fun. Um, and you're basically turning body. into the parrot for the pirate. Right. Got Honestly, it. You I, are a pirate. Parrot. You're not just a pirate. You are literally a, your own parrot. The Caribbean at Disneyland, and my animatronics will be perfect. They'll be perfectly lined. Don't even worry. You don't need to set anything. Just put me in and I'll go. Um, (laughs) On repeat, too. (laughs) I'll keep going. Keep going. (laughs) The same crap, but I mean. So what is that for everyone who does not have EDS? What is that? That deformity? Oh, so the bottom part of my sternum, basically, I have to wear lidocaine patches on the lower part of my sternum which is your chest, Mm -hmm. um, because my rib cage pushes inwards on my abdomen and causes xiphoid pain. So that's another thing that my GI stuff has. So with the pectus excavatum, your chest goes inwards. Okay, I'm sorry I'm laughing so much, but we we both have, like, the swan deformity. Right. You get it. (laughs) You get how I'm just like. Oh, yeah. Right, right. You get when I'm like, so this bend that I'm literally doing yeah, when is we're literally try- the bend. You know EDS when we're like trying to do a straight line, but it ends up like this. <laughs> I'm, I have to like, okay, there's the straight lines. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I have to lock them. See, like, they're just straight. spoony sisterhood with like some serious geek side. <laughs> Hello. I, I'm like, I got the hitchhiking ghost thumb. Dude, put yep. me in Disneyland. Take me. Take me, Disneyland. Take my soul. I am ready. You can put me anywhere. I am ready. We could be the real skeletons on the Pirate of the Caribbean ride. For real, though? Mm-hmm. Like, can they put, like, some type of sword right through my chest? <gasps> there you go. Like, the fake ones. Have you ever seen those? They're really fun. They're, like, glued on top of shirts. They're adorable. I, I, there's a lot of shirts that are accidentally spoony humor. Then, like, huh, yeah, I could, I could appropriate right. that. <laughs> Yeah, the the one where it's like the person freaking out and having like an existential crisis and like when you drink caffeine and your heart just goes crazy, but you don't get any like more energy. Do you have pots too? I don't have pots. I have high blood pressure and tachycardia. Oh, oh, the fun, the joy. Who needs drugs when your body does it for you? Honestly, though, I, I'm like for a long time there, my blood pressure was like 165 over 125, and finally now it's like, oh, your blood pressure's at a good rate. And sometimes the, my highs are like 137 over 100, and I'm like, wow, that's not even as bad. <laughs> Thanks, metropolol. I go the exact opposite, and I'll go in with I've gotten as low as 40 over 60. Like, they're constantly, like, I love when I get the new EMT, the baby sweet EMT, and they're like, oh, my God, she's going into shock and cut it. Like, no, actually, no, just give me some salt, some water, put a saline bag in, I'll be fine. I promise, I'm not dying. Right. <laughs> Have you, you, I'm guessing you've uh, probably tried the blood pressure medications. No, and I because they no. can kill okay. me. <laughs> okay, well then. So, and I, no. I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so don't sue yeah. me, but the, uh, no, I'm not you, you right now. the people who are listening, <laughs> I don't have any money anyway, so it would be pointless. Um, <laughs> Take my money. But I went to like 
the POTS person in San Francisco. I won't mention the name. Um, Popping. The, the person. <laughs> and um, after looking at me for all of like 45 seconds of my chart was like, um, yeah, so POTS, definitely, absolutely POTS. Um, we won't even bother with the tilt table test because you'll like, I don't want to revive you. And yeah. then it was like, we want you up. on this medication, this medication, this medication. I'm like, that sounds scary. What actually... Is this, and one of the main ones that she wanted me on was um, Flora something. And I did some research on it. And it was basically if you lay down within 45 minutes of taking it, you could have a huge drop in pressure or like a raise. It was something like it would go opposite of my heart and I could die. And like with Eller Stanlos, the chances of me it's being on the ground are pretty high. <laughs> Doctors, you need to help not make worse. I know, but you oh know, you know this. You are a spoonie. You are chronically ill. You know the Hunger Games of medications. May oh, the, the odds Hunger ever games. be in your favor. This will help it's, you or kill you. Good luck. What you just said literally needs to be put on a shirt because <laughs> literally, like I tell people that all the time. I'm like, they're like, oh wow, I have this issue, and it might be this. And I'm like, may the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, friend. Like honestly. They had to, I was on two blood pressure medications because my blood pressure just wasn't being um, controlled by the lisinopril that I was on. And I was only on um, a low dosage of the lisinopril. I think it was like 10 milligrams. And unfortunately, with that and the metropolol that they decided to add in on top of that, it, the lisinopril was dropping my blood pressure to like, I want to say it was like 86 over 43, like it wasn't right. And I'm like, okay, there's something going wrong. And I told my cardiologist that, and he's like, okay, I'm going to take lisinopril off the table and we're going to double your metropolol. So I'm like, "Ah, you didn't even fix anything. You just added something else. Okay. So I'm going (laughs) to pitch a new game show for all of the TV executives out there. Let's do something that's like, on the realm of Wheel of Fortune, but for chronic illness, right? Like, I'll take blood pressure rise for 500, and, uh, <laughs> like, you have to, like, spell out the side effect that will kill you or something. What Come on! Postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. 4,000. <laughs> I'll take fluoridephrine. <laughs> okay, sorry. Really, though. <laughs> I mean, like, it's literally so all of us foodies are basically laugh or die. I have never met one yeah. of us who does not have the sickest sense of humor because what the fuck else are we going to do? Like, <laughs> right. I've had a lot of bad shit happen in my life, to be honest. Like, on a, like I lost my mom when I was 13. That's a bad thing that happened. But it's one of those things where I would have people at that time when she had passed away your mom jokes were a big thing. So I had lots of people be like, your mom, your mom, your mom. Oh, you had the ultimate shutdown. (laughs) They're like, they would be like, your mom's jelly. And I'm the type of person that shuts down that type of shit real funny, but I'm serious at the same time because I'm like, listen, don't joke about that shit, but you can just be be aware of what you're saying and and who you're saying it to. So I'd be like, real seriously, look at them, dead straight face. My mom's dead. (laughs) <laughs> straight and then I would just start laughing because I couldn't hold a straight face and they'd, they'd be like oh are you kidding and I'm like no my mom really did pass away I'm just I have a good sense of humor and don't joke around like that because you're gonna meet somebody who you're really gonna set off and make their whole day upset and them cry like so anyone who knows me at all does anyone wonder why I totally like tracked her down to make sure we had an interview <laughs> 
like, thank you for just after a dead mama you. joke. I mean, you knew. Everyone who knows me knows I tracked you down because of this. It's the dead mama jokes, I know. Uh, I'm really bad with those. <laughs> I, I, I grew up with it. I mean, it's one of the, it's everywhere. You got to just, you know, take it or leave it. And either make it a laughing matter that you can joke about and turn it into something that you can laugh. Even if it's something really bad, like, trust me, I, I've gotten, like, the whole wheelchair thing, wherever it is. If you oh, can see I it see right it. There. Oh, yours is so nice. I have wheelchair envy. There's shit all over it. You say nice. There's literally Apple Watch packages and Apple Watch store stuff everywhere, and I'm just, I don't even care. I'm like, we're not oh, in the see, chair. I thought you I'm were sitting saying, on my bed. Like, because this is my biggest issue. My daughter actually just went off on someone in earshot. I'm like, shh. But... When I'm in the wheelchair, and, like, people don't seem to understand, you don't pick up after your dog, it's on my hands. You don't, you let your dog pee in the, on the sidewalk, it's on my hands. You put spit gum out, you drop your gross stuff, you throw up on the street, it's on my fucking hands. And so this yeah. woman had, like, was walking in front of us, and it was one of my days where I was walking with the sticks, so I was not in my wheelchair, but my daughter sees this woman with her dog just squatting in the middle, just peeing everywhere, and just very loud in the way that only an 11-year-old can, with, like, zero, like, of course everyone should be as a called as me which I love um, right that girl has sass and I love it um she was like that woman just let her dog pee all over that sidewalk that could have been all over your hands if you were in the wheelchair mom and I'm like <sighs> I don't have the energy for this but I love you so much but You're I don't I don't right. want to get into a fight with this woman who's in front of me I mean literally anyone could take me just by swiping my crutches out from under me like I <laughs> I've got no Same. badass in me today like, all my badass is man. verbal <laughs> right I'm like yo you take my left leg out from underneath me and I'm just a falling crumbling rock Jenga block mess no but I will wound you with my words I will <laughs> I will be Wesley and Princess Bride. God damn it! I might be like falling over, but <laughs> literally, I I am like a like a big huge block of Jenga things. When those blocks come down, those are all of my emotions. It's ah. together, but when you pull it out, it goes down. And it's so funny because you know, everyone hears us like laughing and being snarky, and you know, like right. oh, they have such great attitudes. People like they're probably all not even the time, or they think like we have it all the time. And I've been really honest lately on the podcast that no, there's chronic and clinical depression going on too. Oh, this right. is I just like, made a post about that this yeah, morning. Oh my goodness! I saw that, and it's brilliant. Up. <laughs> I was yeah. very excited when I saw that. Um, Man, but, it know, happens. This is like coping mechanism, like. Most of my, like, my, my son calls terminally, relentlessly cheerful <laughs> is survival. <laughs> He's 17. Yeah, he gets survival. to say things like that. It's not false. I am relentlessly, annoyingly cheerful, but it's survival. <laughs> it's survival. You have to, because in a world where there's negativity at every step, at every turn, every sound. Do you mean the you, Keebler you gotta... elf trying to take away all of our pain medication? Because that one's right. just fun. <laughs> Oh, man, I love when people are like, oh, are you sure that you need to take this right now? Your medications and stuff. I'm like, um, I don't know. Maybe my heart will just tell you because you'll see it beating out of my chest. Oh, like, but didn't you fuck? know that if you just did yoga and took all sugar and alcohol and caffeine out of your system, you would need the meds. You'd be fine. Yeah, that look. And I'm standing that on look. my two legs <laughs> and both my legs work. 
right okay yeah absolutely right like the advice is so well meant and so like please stop no I'm standing up I get it but guess what I'm literally standing on my left leg Uh not my right at all like no you have the good leg that is metal right but people don't understand that like my dad, for example, he, he has neighbors and stuff who apparently just, I told him, I'm like, so tell me, how, how do your neighbors feel about seeing me be able to like maybe walk a few feet up and down like your house with my forearm crutches and my dogs and then they see me in a wheelchair? How does that work out? Like, and he's just like, oh, I'm sure that they ask questions. I'm sure. I'm sure that they do. And I'm like, mm, I'm sure that they probably don't. Honestly, I think you probably ask questions, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so this week, um, I don't know when I'm posting this, but uh, there is a episode this week that Kiris and I did because we were so tired of uh, family issues. And so right, like okay. half of it was how, right. how to travel in the summer as a spoonie or dis- disability or chronic illness. And the other half of the podcast ended up being like how to handle family reunions and family stuff and stay sane. Seriously. Yeah. Literally just ignore everything. My no joke. So when I got my forearm crutches, um, the first thing my dad said to me was, I'm, and I'm not even shitting you right now. This is like the most ignorant thing I think I've ever had somebody say to me. This is more ignorant than the whole, oh my God, you're skinny thing, I think. He's like, why do you have those polio sticks? That was covering polio. so many awful things all in one phrase. That, that was an impressive conciseness to it. That's my dad. <laughs> See, that breaks my heart. I mean, I just have to say, it absolutely breaks my heart because I am so fucking lucky that I have the tremendous support system I do. I don't have to fight my body and my immediate family. My children are amazing. My husband is one of the best people in the world. And my parents are so fantastic. I mean, like, I could not have been luckier. But watching and hearing other people, it's so hard. But you shouldn't have to fight your body and someone else. And so this is my public service announcement for everyone who's dealing with this shit. Yeah. Please just look at someone and tell them I can't fight my body and you. So please get on board. Honestly, though, like people don't understand that stuff. They're like, oh, you're going to totally just be OK after this. Right. So your leg's going to get better. You're, when are you going to get out of the wheelchair? When are you going to stop using the crutches? When are you going to stop doing this? Your when disability gonna- is making me uncomfortable is what that is. Right, exactly. And I'm I'm just like, I'm sorry that this makes you uncomfortable, but like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, my family, for example, saw me in my wheelchair when I got it um, for the first time. Um, break the body. I, I want to say, literally, this was, the, this was the first time that they had seen me in any type of mobility devices and stuff because I've been homebound for the last three years dealing with my issues and no, none of my family really sees me. And they literally just bombarded me with question, question, question. What happened? Did you get into an accident? Oh, what happened to your legs? Do your legs not work? Um, Oh, my gosh. Did you get into a drunk driving accident? Or, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. My son got into a car accident, and he lost his feeling in his legs, too. What? What? Why would you say that to me? (laughs) And I'm like, I feel really bad because I'm like, that's like really bad I didn't have that happen like I had a shot that went wrong but that's like the most of it you know what I mean like and people will just assume seriously I've made posts about this they'll they'll assume that like I've gotten into a a car accident 
specifically drunk driving accidents. I don't know why. I mean, to be fair, it is better than I twisted my ankle. I know how you feel. So that's that's a little better. And I know how this is going to go horribly wrong in emails I'm going to get later. So I'm just going to say this right now. We in no way are advocating not getting shots. We are in no way advocating oh, not no. taking vaccines. Please understand, oh, I will absolutely take you to the mat if you want to right. go on the anti-vax way. I don't no, care right. if you are not going to listen mm-hmm. to me again. Do vaccinate everyone, please. Right. Okay, so sorry. I just knew that was going to get used against no, me. I thought right. I'd be clear. <laughs> Thank you so much for adding that. Because yeah. no joke, many people um, that I've talked to, they I've gotten some messages where people assume that, that I've had like a vaccine injury. And I'm like, no, this is not a vaccine at all. Yeah. This medication actually is not supposed to be administered in your butt cheek at all. My The ER doctors are like, we don't do that because there's a chance of hitting your sciatic nerve. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Interesting. How good to know. No, so just to be clear, everyone, we absolutely advocate for vaccines. Even if 100%. something bad happened from a vaccine, it is herd vaccination. Yeah. This is important. That was my public like, message. We're doing a lot of public messages, but that's a really it, fucking important it's one. Great. People don't understand that everybody's going to react differently towards things. Yeah, so and with my lower immune system, please, for the love of fucking God, vaccinate your children. Because if I'm out with your child who's not vaccinated, who carries something, I'm going to get it, and I'm going to get very but sick. But you've been vaccinated. Oh, yeah, that's, that's how that works. Science people, please look it up. It's a lovely thing. Peer-reviewed science, not oh, Google geez. science, peer-reviewed. Okay, I'm done that, with my soapbox. <laughs> I am so sorry. Like, that is just absolutely awful. Like, I, I don't get people's, like, uh, gain when they say these things or do these things. It, it's just like, I, I honestly just take a step back, and I think for them, did you just think that did you really just say that right now like did they take a step back and think uh, take one step back just one single step and maybe you could see that that's not good it's wrong um i i share all the time on my facebook i don't know if you have me on my facebook but i, I shared one uh, a post saying uh it was a bunch of women and they're wearing the anti-vaccination uh, shirts, and they're all grouped together, holding each other, saying it causes autisms, it uh, causes seizures, it causes uh, a bunch of issues, causes pretty It literally, they, they say it's the cause to every single ailment, illness that anybody ever has to deal with, ever. And I'm like, that's not how this works. If you want to go with that kind of logic, oxygen is killing us all, because everyone who's breathed oxygen has died. So it's it's the slow killer. People wake up, like, oxygen is killing us. Listen, friend, you need to go put yourself in a forest and get some pure oxygen from pure plants, because you're getting some of that toxic, non-right <sighs> Stuff. I think they're just Wikipedia searching shit and just like reading what people have inputted and not what the facts are. Doctor by Reddit. <laughs> oh my gosh, Doctor WebMD. I got everything. I know everything. No, you don't. I, I like mean, you said the twisted ankle thing. I totally can relate to you. No, you cannot relate to me, and I will tell you why. I have the worst form of chronic pain. Literally, it is ranked higher than labor pain. So. If you're really going to try and come up to me and tell me that, what's your pain scale like and how sensitive of a person are you to be able to say that? And they will feel so bad. They take a step back and they're like, I didn't realize that. So I promise to tell you the story because I know someone's going to email me or message me on this. I, so this is my little story on having CRPS. And I was 16 
And I'd had, um, younger than me. Well, Mm -hmm. so I had already had major surgeries because, um, when I, and no one knew I had EDS, I didn't get diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos until I was 35, 36. And, uh, so we didn't know why I was, so when I bend my knee, um, my kneecap would go all the way to the side of my leg. And I was a ballet dancer, so as freaky as I can make my body for ballet, that was a little too freaky for everyone, <laughs> and it was horribly painful. Right. So I had um, these surgeries go wrong, and I ended up uh, multiple surgeries. Well, yeah, we're, we're not, there's so much in common. I'm not going to get into it. I want to listen, but hey. Oh, no, no worries. I just, I'll try to make this as fast as possible. I've never really oh. talked about this before because it was so traumatic. <laughs> and right. um, so what happened is, is I couldn't walk, and... All of the doctors were telling my mom that I was just insane and I should probably be hospitalized because apparently, you know, 16 year old girl who was already dealt with mental issues. And I did have a lot of mental health issues when I was a teenager for good reasons. Um, but right. because I've honestly, been through, I feel like we all, we all have some type of issue somewhere and whether we want to like hide it and lie about it is all up to you. But like, honestly, like I feel really bad for you being 16. I, I can't imagine being 16 and having this. Like me, 16, oh my goodness, I would have like had a complete mental breakdown at school. I would have lost my mind at school and my teachers would have been like, wow, she's actually fucking crazy. Okay, so if anyone from my old Baroque Catholic high school is listening, they will say, too. No, no, I'm not. And let me help you. No, my, my, my. Were you born and raised Catholic? Okay, so my mother was born and raised Catholic. My father is my born name. and raised Jewish. Oh. I was sent to, so uh, anyone wants to just guess how old I was. At the time, there was major gang wars going on in the city I lived in. Therefore, and my father was a therapist, so he knew exactly oh. what was happening at the public high school, like way more than I even knew because he, right. he knew what was going on. So I got sent as the very visibly Jewish girl to Catholic high school. Fly, man. <laughs> so anyone who's listening knows I absolutely did have those breakdowns in high school at school. <laughs> like, oh, it absolutely happened. And hey, if Mike Ritchie ever listens to this, a quick call out to one of the nicest human beings ever who like absolutely saved my sanity when I was told that morning by the doctors that I would never dance again. And nicest person, one of the few people I would love to find again from high school who was just very, very kind to someone who was very, very sad at that day. But so I was a ballerina. I wanted, I was certain I was going to go all the way with it. I loved it more than anything. Um, After the knee surgeries, I ended up with CRPS, which no one knew. And the doctors thought I was insane. And they said, and my mom fought like a tiger. And she's like, you've got to be able to find an answer. Be more curious. And they said, fine, there's one test we haven't done. And it was my favorite test. And this part I have talked about on the podcast before. It was an anti-nuclear antibody test. So they basically Uh put you through, um, like, intravenously, like, nuclear stuff. So you can't be around pregnant women. You can't be around. And I'm like, where's the spider to bite me? I want my superpowers now. (laughs) Like, this is the (laughs) best thing ever. Right? Okay, so I go in, I get the scan, and I am just, like, waiting to be told there's nothing wrong with you. You're totally healthy. You're just crazy. And I'm watching the scan come up next to the tech, and the entire leg is bright red, little bits of, like, bright red, orange, some yellow, and then there's this little tiny lagoon of blue. And I, like, she, like, jumped backwards, and I was like, "Um, tell me what this means. I can't. I absolutely not allowed to tell you what it means. Like, great. What does red mean? So I can't tell you that. I'm like, great. Is, is red good? Is red good? And she's like, 
I'm like, great. I, I can't even tell you the sense of relief. I almost, I actually did start to cry because there was actual visible proof. I was sick and I just broke down. My mom broke down, not in like relief that her daughter was sick, but just in relief that there's actually going to be something. And in our naivete at the very start of like chronic illness footsteps, we were very naive and thought that a diagnosis meant an answer and a protocol. No. Oh my God. I, I feel you right now <laughs> on that. Like seriously. Right. Oh goodness. Okay. So to the very end of my story on how things went horribly fucking wrong with spinal stuff, which will not be your case because this was a totally different procedure, but we got said, no, it's not going to be. I'm so worried. No, for you. I don't think so. I am I such a mom. <laughs> I have such a good feeling about this. Like, honestly, I really do. I I, I don't have a a negative vibe about this at all. Like, no joke. Nobody could tell me otherwise at this point. Anyways, continue. No, no, I'm such a mom in my very core. I'm like, can I just take care? I'm sorry. Anyway, so. Right. That motherly instinct. Please let me just care for you. Psychotically intense. Like, it just took hold of me like nothing else. Um, Right. Okay, so we called at the pain clinic, the Stanford pain clinic. And they were like, we have no spots. Uh, we'll try to get her in. What does she have? And my mom's like, Oh, she has this thing I've never heard of called, um, RSVD, which that was what it was called at the time. And she went, Oh my God. Um, uh, that, you know, that's the most painful condition that exists, right? Like they put me ahead of like cancer pain and burn victims. And they're like, we need her in now. Um, Wednesday, we will, we will work it Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So I got in that week, which was incredibly kind at the pain clinic. And it really changed how my parents were looking at me because now they had like actual doctors going, wow, she's in agony. And they did a sciatic nerve suppression, but they couldn't fund my veins properly. And the whole thing went horribly Uh, wrong. And I ended up with a hole in my spinal column. So they had to go back in and do a blood patch. So this is why I've never talked about it was because it was, it's so traumatic that I can't even let anyone touch my lower back. Like it just, I still like, this has been 16 to now, let's just say quite a few decades have passed. And still, like, like, ah, not okay with that yet. Right. No, seriously. That's my trauma. wants to be in this interview. I don't know if you keep saying it, but it keeps, like, flying all up. I've seen it. to say something. And if you keep flicking your hands around like that, you're going to pop out a wrist. (laughs) You're both I look like I'm doing Madonna. I'm like Madonna. I mean, just, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? I'm having, like, a... Like dance for your life moment. Yeah. I'm addicted, by the way. It's don't it, be a drag, just be a queen. Uh, all tea, all shade, all the time. Right. Right. <laughs> I believe you. I feel you. So yeah. I want to discuss um <laughs> we're uh gonna make this a two parter if you don't mind taking more time with me. <laughs> I have nowhere to go. Uh, isn't the joy <laughs> of chronic illness? Like right. I'm like Nowhere to go, nothing to do. I think I'm okay. No, my body seriously was like, you know, you did a thing on Saturday, a big thing. No, Sunday. Yeah. You don't get to leave again this week. You're done. Yeah, you're done for like a while. If you go out and do it, most people don't understand that. So even with, so take out the CRPS part of it. Yeah. If you just have EDS, then doing daily things is exhausting. It's, it's, it's exhausting. You're doing double the extra work and nobody really sees it or gets it until like for me, for example, I don't know if you had this, this dish, okay, <laughs> this issue, but, um, my shoulder, like 
my right shoulder used to be like this, but like I can literally just like pull it out of place and like pop it back out and in. Like it just, it's a big fun fucking game of, oh, hey, we're going to be out of place and then we're just going to go out. Like I, I really just can't even imagine trying to be 16. Like I was 16 when I was having my EDS issues and my surgeries botches straight up were just about a surgeon who didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And he completely just incorrectly treated my shoulder. And he at first did a bursitis tendonitis surgery. Fucked up on that. Um, that's not the surgery I needed. <laughs> I go into the net. I want to say six months later, I go and see him and I tell him I'm in pain. Something's happened. Like my, my arm is like popping and stuff like this is bad. Like, it hurts. It hurts really bad. I can't play softball. My arm came out of place when I was playing a game like there's something going wrong and he's like oh you're hypermobile and I'm like you you couldn't tell like I'm like my my neck stretchy skin I'm like that didn't give it away that my fingers bending didn't give it away the keloided scars that you gave me didn't maybe give it away no okay <laughs> so then he goes and he's like okay we have to do an instability surgery and I'm like okay, what? And I'm like, whatever. Well, I don't even know what the hell that is. And EDS wasn't even a thing. I was just hy very hypermobile and had a bad arm. He went in and on the notes, it said that the arm wasn't like, like hypermobile or anything like that. And I guess he never even put anchors and tightened in my, like my shoulder or anything like that. No joke. So I want to say a year later, I go and see my last surgeon. I think you asked me about them, right? You did, right? Did you call them? Were they bad? No, God, no, God, no, 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 no. And oh, you, cool. yes, usually doctors hate me. I am a smart ass, and one day yeah, I okay. will die because I'm a smart ass to a doctor who's going to perform surgery. It will fucking happen. Um, no, and here's the real honesty, um, and way more honest than I, I usually am. Um, I'm terrified of hope right now. Hopi scares me more than anything at this moment. And right. I cannot bring myself to make that phone call. Yeah. So that's the truth. Um, that's the entire truth is I kind of have one, one hope left on being, not even being like able to work again. Cause that's never going to happen. And that breaks my heart. Um, yeah. but just one hope at not being in constant agonizing, so my hairstyle is literally because my shoulder won't stay put. So it's just so that people don't have to take a look at that. Yeah. It doesn't you get it. Yeah. The front part. My, yeah. So, so I, I, I keep my hair over a shoulder. Instability. Do you have that as well? Um, okay. So the last major dislocation, I'm so fucking glad I took a picture of because I can't tell you how many times I've gone in where doctors couldn't even like see a dislocation and go, that's a dislocation. I, like, I've had ER doctors where I'm putting my hand all the way into my socket, like, all the way through, and they're like, is that normal or not normal? And, like, I don't know, can you do that? You're can a doctor, you? dude. <laughs> like, I realize you look 12, but, like, tell me you know better than this. <laughs> um, no, but, like, right. my big thing is, is that, like, okay, great, so I'm mostly housebound, um, but I have two kids. And Congratulations they, uh, good for you. You're amazing, and I give you so much props and for having illnesses and doing this. Like honestly, you should be proud of yourself and feel every day that you are better every single day. Like so, I'm having back you up a little bit. Thing, 
I give you props, kids, the whole, the shalump, everything, man. So I'm going to back you up because I, I get this a lot on the LR Stainless site where people are like, oh my God, I don't know how you do this with kids. Oh my God, I can never have kids. I, like seriously, have children, don't have children. That's your decision. Only make it for you, right. your choice. What I will say is I don't know how y'all do this without kids. I have no idea how you do this without children. I like, I am, I'm always in constant awe of people who are like, I don't know how you do it. I'm like, are you kidding? They're like the only reason I can always get up. Like, yeah, they're my nurses. They, they help. They love me. They do these things. Like, I mean, we'll just go with amazing like, emotional. That, like, warms like my heart, man. My baby, she's never known me. Like my son, he's, he's always been amazing. And he's always been one of the, like, he's my snarky cheerleader. Like he always <laughs> knows how to get me to crack the, he makes me laugh. Like no one else does. He is one of the funniest people I've ever met. And, he has a really good heart that he does not like people to know about. And um, <laughs> my Aww. daughter, she's, uh, I've been really um, had the most problems since she's been aware, like aware of things. And yeah. we'd have darling slug days because my husband works. And on days where I couldn't get out of bed, we would just curl up in bed with um, coloring books and Aww. books and stuff. And she would snuggle with me. And like the emotional support I get from like these amazing humans that are just some of my favorite people in the world. I'm so grateful for it. They are fantastic. And yes, they also do help me. The other day I got stuck up at, um, Oh, yes, you have your fur baby. See, like, children, fur babies, you know, like, you need... Those are my children. You need the Jesus love. <laughs> right. No, seriously, though. Yeah, Anyways, my son... People try and think that dogs and kids are the same. They're not at all. Okay, here's the test. Can you leave them in a house without supervision, without CPS coming and arresting you? No. <laughs> That's the difference. I, you know what? Sirius is on a different level. He needs CPS to be always on his like ass watching him because he gets so curious about everything. I have to kennel him. He he get, he will be so curious. He's like, what's this? What's this? What's that? Ooh, this, that, that. Ooh, what's that? Nonstop. That's hilarious. Non- no, my son non-stop. actually saved me the other day. Like, if you've ever seen um, any of my YouTube channel, I usually record from up. Um, this little tiny, I like, listen to po- your podcast, your podcast. With, I didn't even know that, like, you did video stuff. I'm like, oh, look at this. That's so interesting. Oh, I am. For a person who stays in bed most of the time, I am fascinating. <laughs> uh, yeah, he came up and saved me the other day. He brought me my sticks. I was stuck up oh. there. I couldn't get back down. <laughs> See, and that's, that's so, so, so amazing to hear. Like, I... When I, he's literally like, I call him my best friend because he really has been my best friend. Um, his mom, he has really, he's, he's really sick. Unfortunately, um, I won't go into detail and stuff cause that's his own story that he gets to share, but, but his mom uh, takes care of him and he is very fully dependent on his mom, eating, drinking, dressing, uh, getting changed, uh, cleaning himself, things of that nature, fully dependent. Uses an electric wheelchair and stuff like that. I'm actually going to go see him today. He's Yay! amazing. He, he's He's given me so much um, insight and, and stuff to what great family support is like. And honestly, his, his family, they're darling. They're so such a darling, darling family. Five kids, I want to say. I think I'm, I don't want to say that. I want, no, no, that's right. Five kids for sure. Um, one of the little younger ones plays softball. I gave her like one of my old baths, and it works. And I'm like, yay! Um, but with his condition... He fully is dependent on his mom or dad or somebody, you know, he, he, he can't even move his chair sometimes. 
And so with that, it's just like, he's not, he doesn't complain. Like he doesn't put me down for my conditions, even though I would say my condition isn't even like as bad as his. Like I am in lots of pain, like lots of pain all the time, but I can't imagine not being able to do anything for myself. Like at least I can hobble to my wheelchair and get into my wheelchair. At least I can, you know, if I really, really need to, I can crouch with my left leg and I can stand up with my left leg. I don't, I don't need to hurt my right leg now. I've learned to uh, adapt myself to like this condition. And, you know, his mom is absolutely amazing. And you say that you have kids and stuff and she talks about how she has kids and her kids. These kids are the most amazing kids ever. They literally should just rule the planet. Okay. (laughs) All right, so we are at over an hour, so tune in next week to hear the rest of this interview. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. It means so much to Kiros and I. We are still a baby podcast. We're only six months old, and if you would like to be really, really nice to us, you can share this episode with a friend or someone you wish understood chronic illness or invisible disorders better. And you can also go to iTunes, leave an embarrassingly nice review, and of course, press that subscribe button. Tune in for a new episode next Monday a.m. And until next time, be kind, be gentle, and be a badass.